Charles Stanley Radio. The latest economic updates, insights and conversations with finance industry experts. Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from Charles Stanley. My name is Gary White and I'm joined as ever by our Chief Global Strategist, John Redwood. Hi, John. Good morning. There's been a lot of discussions about what people expected to happen in 2023 recently as we come into the new year, but let's look a bit longer term today. It's clear that investors should no, accept that returns coming in the next few years will potentially be significantly lower than have seen in the last bull market. I think that may be right. I mean, we're looking again at our long-term expectations, same time as doing our one-year forecasts. Uh, we've said before, we think this will be a better year than last year. It'd be difficult for it to be worse <laughs> year than last year uh, because we're now getting some yield on bonds uh, and in due course, uh, shares will start to pick up as we get through the downturn and there's better news about potential recovery. Looking at the longer term, um, the best run of figures relates to the American market. And it's probably sensible to look at the American market because it is, after all, two thirds of the advanced share value of all the markets in the world in advanced countries. And it's a dominant 60% of the all world share, share index. And we can go back to the, the 1920s with the numbers with, with the United States. And that brings you to the remarkable conclusion that if, if you bought and held the index, which of course changed a lot over those years, uh, you'd have made almost 10% per annum, a remarkably good set of returns. But of course, you could still lost money if you bought at a high and sold at a low, which some people managed to do, or if you held the wrong shares. But that's a sort of benchmark. Now, we don't think the next 10 years is likely to see 10% compound returns mm. from shares. Uh, we do expect positive returns uh, over the next decade. I think we and others in the market trying to come to sensible judgments think it's more likely to be 6% than 10%. uh, But you can't be sure about these things. And obviously, the returns will vary quite a lot year by year, as they have been doing recently. But what we do think is likely to happen um, after the dreadful year of 2022 is you'll get back to the old hierarchy that if you take a bit more risk by having shares rather than Mm -hmm. deposits, you should make more money. Again, as long as you buy the right index at the right time, but um, you should overall uh, have a reasonable bet on that and that you should make a bit more money on bonds by lending your money out for longer than if you just kept it on a short-term deposit. And that's the normal position that shares provide a bit more overall return than bonds, which provide a bit more overall return than keeping your cash in a bank. Uh, But that is a long-term issue and, and there are all sorts of things that can go wrong from time to time, as we saw last year. Yes, and shares and bonds fell in tandem last year. So we're going to get more of the normal relationship returning between equities and fixed income, where they're not moving in the same direction, i.e. down. Well, that would be good. <laughs> the, the old idea, which worked quite a lot of the time, was that when you did have a bad year for shares, it was usually because people were worried about finances and there was a downturn. And as the downturn developed, then people rather liked the safety and security of the bond. And you got to the point where the interest rates were quite high enough and the banks had to start to reduce them to get over the recession. And so at that point, yes, bonds were going to do well, whilst shares were still 
in the doldrums because the recession was too deep and too unpleasant. But there's, you know, there's, there's plenty of scope for future good surprises. I mean, we saw last year how things can almost turn on a sixpence and 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 future outlooks be changed. Um, so, you know, if you if we're going to go to now a period where maybe some equities are going to perform better than others, um, there's the old active-passive debate going on, or never-ending active-passive debate, which is often a bit binary uh, and it's a bit more nuanced than most people suggest. So, you know, active or passive, John? Yes. Well, I, I think you have to start from the proposition that all investment begins as an active set of choices and decisions. And that sometimes gets forgotten mm. because uh, good journalists want to sharpen the divide. <laughs> are you a passive investor? Are you an active investor? Mm-hmm. We all start as active investors. Um, investment professionals and their clients have to sit down and say, well, what am I trying to achieve? Um, how much money have I got? Could I afford to lose any of this money? What is my time horizon for it? Do I need an income on it? And the answers to those questions will deliver a very different kind of approach. If somebody says, well, I might need this money in a hurry and I don't have a lot of money, then the safest thing to do is to put it on a deposit in a good bank and and accept that it's going to be there whenever you want it. Whereas if somebody is in the happy position of having extra savings they don't need for the next five years or so, and, and they do fancy taking a bit of risk, then you can say, well, you need a more imaginative portfolio. And you will then make an active decision. And you can never get away from having to make a choice about the overall asset categories. How much do I put into shares? How much do I put into bonds? How much do I keep on deposit in my bank? That will always be an active choice. Passive investing comes in when you decide how to implement your choices. Because you could say, I reckon I'm going to make decent gains by just holding the American share index. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to return Um, good returns and trying to beat it is quite difficult. I could get it wrong. It would be more expensive to try and beat it because obviously the investment manager doing that for me will want a bigger fee. And so why don't I have a a passive way of buying my American shares? Other people say, no, uh, if it's right that I can come up with a good active decision about where to put my money in general terms, why shouldn't I be able to find people who can help me make good decisions about those share judgments, which you're asking me about? So I think the optimist likes the active management because it gives them the chance of even bigger gains they can add to the overall performance of the index. And the pessimist says, well, the only certain thing about doing that is I'm going to be charged more. (laughs) So I'm not sure I I want to take that risk. And different people have different views on how much passive they want to Charles Stanley. We offer a range of options. And so some of our portfolios have quite a lot of passives in them and others have plenty of actors in them. Precisely. There's no one-size-fits-all portfolio out there. It depends on all those questions you were raising just a moment ago about your intentions of the money and your financial outlook and your plans and your dreams and your aspirations. Yes, indeed. And it's a very important role of the investment advisor to, first of all, find out what the client is trying to do and how they feel about risk. And, and risk is something we deal with every day, but it's not in most people's normal language. And, and you've got to Mm-hmm. Make sure that people have understood that if they they want the chance of big gains, then they've also got to accept they could have big losses. And any given day, you might wake up and find your portfolio wasn't worth anything like what you wanted it yeah. to be worth. Uh, and uh, are you of the mind that, yes, well, I knew that could happen and I believe it's going to go back up again, in which case you hold and probably works out? Or, or do you get in a panic and then that can be a very bad situation to be in because... Uh, uh, it means that you lock in a loss that might not have been permanent. Yes, but overall, we're, we, we've moved into a new environment after a reset last year. And so now is a good time to think about this, these sort of things. We've been saying 
this year so far that we're a bit more cheerful yeah. that we think we've seen the worst that you can now get a return on on bonds which were yielding very little uh, mm. before the big big fall in, in their prices last year and we're getting closer to the point where the authorities have to say we've done enough rate hiking uh, and that we're going to shift from controlling inflation which we think will come down to doing a bit more to stimulate growth which is always good for share investments Thank you very much, John. Fascinating as ever. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast and you'll join us again. Thank you for listening. Charles Stanley Radio. Subscribe today to be kept up to date with our latest releases. To find out more, visit charles-stanley.co.uk forward slash charles-stanley-radio. The value of investments can fall as well as rise. Investors may get less back than invested. Past performance is not a reliable guide to the future.